out of Zion, the baptizing church. We love God's word. Welcome to today's message. To whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? For he shall grow up before him like a tender plant and like a root out of a dry ground. For he had no form nor comeliness. And when we shall see him, he, he had no beauty that we should desire him. He was despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows. Acquainted with grief. And we did as it were. Hide our faces from him. He was despised. And we esteemed him not. For he hath borne our griefs. And he hath carried our sorrows. Ah, he hath borne our griefs. And he hath carried our sorrows. He hath borne our griefs. And carried our sorrows. And we did as him stricken, smitten of God and afflicted. For he was wounded for our transgressions and was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And by every stripe, by every stripe, we are healed, delivered, set free, loosed from the grip of hell. By every stripe, by every stripe. Isn't that the one who is worthy? Isn't that the one who is deserving of our praise and our worship and our adoration this morning? Father, we thank you. Because you don't speak your goodness in cars. You don't speak your goodness in money. You don't speak your goodness in resources. You speak your goodness in the blood. That is how you tell us you love us. You are that serious about it. You're that serious about it. Your goodness is written in red. The blood of Jesus. No power of hell, no scheme of man shall ever be able to pluck me out of his hands until he returns or calls me home. Here in the power of Christ, I stand. Thank you, Jesus, this morning. We give you praise and we give you glory. If you're excited to be saved. You don't understand. Some people are rich, but they are not saved. Some people are beautiful, but they are not saved. Some people have all the opulence and affluence in this world, but they are not saved. If you are saved, you are better than all of them. Not because you are better, but because the blood. Because the blood. The blood speaks over you better things than what the blood of Abel can ever attempt to say. The blood. And so, that's, the, that's our rejoicing factor. That's our rejoicing factor. Does the blood speak? Yes, it does. And because of that, we can scream, we can shout, we can give him a praise. Because of the blood. <laughs> and so, if you are excited that you are saved with understanding. Can you rejoice this morning? Can you rejoice this morning? Rejoice. Rejoice. that you're you're still a bit organized <laughs> when one soul gives his heart to jesus heaven throws a party jesus somehow or the other does something <laughs> why because somebody got saved because the blood had an effect on somebody's destiny jesus the angels threw a party god taps his feet because somebody got saved the day you got saved, you made sure heaven. 
husband had a party. And I'm telling you to rejoice because you are saved. And you are still organized. <laughs> Glory! Glory! Thank you for the blood. Thank you for the blood. Thank you, Lord Jesus. The blood says it all. It says it all. It says it all. The blood 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 has a personality. you know that the blood has a personality the blood has a personality yes Hebrews chapter 12 from verse 22 Bible says we have come unto Mount Zion unto the city of the living God unto heavenly Jerusalem unto the innumerable company of angels we have come unto the church of the firstborn the general assembly that is where the saints are birthed Bible says whose names are written in the book of life we have come to God, the judge of all. We have come to the spirit of the just man made perfect. We have come to Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant. We have come to the blood. The blood of sprinkling. That speaks better things than the blood of Abel. Everything you see there, there are, there are faces behind it. There is God, the judge of all. There is Jesus, the mediator. There is the spirit of the just man made perfect. There are innumerable company of angels. And then it includes the blood. How does the blood feature in such, in such a list? Because the blood has a personality. It speaks. It speaks. It's called the blood of sprinkling. That anyone that believes enters into that dynasty. The blood of sprinkling. That whosoever will believe. It's not a blood that is focused on the Jews alone. Or the Gentiles alone. Or the Greeks alone. It's a blood of sprinkling. That speaks better things. Than the blood of Abel. We are so privileged to have been recipients of what the blood broke for us on the cross of Calvary. We are so privileged. We are so privileged to be saved. So privileged. And Lord, this morning as we share in your word, as we come into alignment with understanding what the blood came to do, we pray that our hearts are comforted. We pray that our hearts are comforted. We pray that our hearts are enlightened, flooded with light. That will come into all there is to come into based on the blood. We'll come into all there is to come into based on the blood. In the name of Jesus. Everyone is lifted, edified, blessed, comforted, strengthened, and empowered by the spoken word. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. Slap your neighbor, high five, give him a compliment, give her a compliment. And tell him or her, welcome to church. We're so glad you made it down here. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Woo! Hallelujah. Pastor Tur, the, the, the seat in front is waiting for you. Pastor Tur, we're waiting for you in front. Amen. Praise God. Can we celebrate the pastors once again? It's such an honor to serve along with these amazing people. It's such an honor. It's such an honor. Wow. <laughs> Praise God. It's time. Oh, boy. Amen, amen, and amen, and amen. Praise God. Goodness in red. Such a series. Goodness in red. Goodness in red. How many of you have been told by a guy? I'm talking to ladies now, okay? How many of you have been told by a guy that I, I love you? The guy told you, I love you. Oh. The guy told you, Abisoe, I love you with all of my heart. Anybody? Why are you guys forming now? What's all this? You have been told by a guy. <laughs> See what my name is? <laughs> raising his hand. You, are you a lady? <laughs> Why are you guys forming? Eloho, come on. Eloho. Hasn't Ken I told you he loves you before? Not, not yet. <laughs> Okay, so whenever, you know, in, in the human context, whenever a guy tells a lady, I love you, what comes to mind? PJ, what comes to mind? That this guy will do anything for me, right? This guy would go the extra mile, is going to cross seas and climb mountains and go to the moon and back just for me. Ah. 
yeah, that's, that's a good way to, to see love, but that's, that's not a robust way to see it. Because love in that context is very limited. And that's why anyone who doesn't know God really cannot sufficiently mean when he says he loves. He cannot mean it. No matter how much he thinks he means it, he cannot actually mean it. Because he doesn't know who love is. God is love. God is not just loving. God is love. And there's a way God communicates his love. It's not the way man communicates his love. When man communicates his love, he's talking about money, resources. And that's when, he, when the lady tells her man and says, hey, you don't love me anymore. The guy wants to go crazy. Like, are you kidding me? With everything I've been doing, slaving for you. <laughs> How can you say I don't love you? Because obviously I do. I'm doing everything to make sure you're comfortable. That's because I love you. And so men speak their goodness and their love in words, in time, in money, in energy, and resources. In the direction of the subject or object of their love. But when God wants to say he loves, it's a much more serious matter. He doesn't say it flippantly. He doesn't just say it casually. When he says, Jessica, I love you, there is 4,000 years of Levitical priesthood behind that statement. 4,000 years of a Levitical priesthood that was supposed to establish something in the physical so that Jesus will come and execute it to the letter and then that love will create a pathway of resources flowing in your direction because of the blood. So when God says he loves you, it's not just a casual statement. We need to understand this so that when we say God is good, we're not just saying something that appeals to our mental acumen. It is deeper than just God is good. We've sung it so long and we've become casual with it. God is good is deep. It's perhaps the deepest statement. It's too deep. God is good. It's so deep. God loves you. Ah, it's, we can't uncover it in a year. We're still delving much more into that statement called, I love you. God loves you. God is good. Those statements that we just throw around so flippantly, God is so deliberate about it. Why didn't Jesus come after two weeks of Adam's fall? You ever thought about that? Why didn't you just show up? I mean, he's God. He can do anything. Why didn't you just show up and two weeks after, I mean, guys, come back to Eden. It's okay. It's fine. You guys fell, but it's fine. Let's just go back. Uh, Jesus has come. He has died. And he, he didn't do that. 4,000 years. Bible says until the fullness of time, he didn't show up. Do you understand what that means? Sometimes we need to go back to scripture just to understand the very simple things we throw around. We need to go back to scripture to gain understanding and insight. Because guess what? He needed prophets to take his word and begin to speak it into the atmosphere such that by the time Jesus came, there was nothing he did that was not already written. Because if the canon was not already filled with everything about Jesus' life, Jesus could not come. So he needed prophets and teachers for thousands of years to keep saying something about his life, about his birth, about how he would go into Egypt for a season and then come back to Bethlehem, about how a, a virgin would give birth to him, about how his father would come from the lineage of Judah, about all those dimensions of his life, about even how he was going to ride upon a, 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 an ass into Bethlehem. Everything about his life, everything had to be spoken up, spoken by a man. Because angels couldn't just say it. God couldn't just make it happen. He had to use the mouth, the prophetic, and the vocal cords of prophets to begin to say those things so that in the fullness of time, that word that has been in the atmosphere for 4,000 years can become flesh through the mouth of Gabriel. Gabriel was the last straw. So when Gabriel told Mary, this is the word of God to you. You shall give birth and they'll, you know, the, the holy child that is in you will be given birth to by the Holy Ghost and the Holy Ghost will overshadow you and all of that. And the Bible says she believed. And that moment she received conception because there was already an overload of word. Gabriel just said it. It, it was a trail to several prophetic words. Once she believed it, she conceived the word into her womb. And then of course, after nine months, she gave birth to baby Jesus who had the seed of God's word. <laughs> The seed of God's word implanted into him. But everything necessary to have the human blood was given by Mary, the mother. All right? Because the man doesn't supply much of that. It's the seed. The, the, the essence of the being is supplied by the father. But the body, <laughs> the blood, 
all of that, the water, everything, the bone, it is supplied by the fluid in the woman that creates the fetus. That is what creates, that is why it is possible for Jesus to be fully man and have the blood of a man. But you see, by the semen of God, the Holy Ghost, he was able to overpower the, the essence of the flesh and live a sinless life. So that his blood can still qualify as the blood of the man. It was not an Holy Ghost blood. Holy Ghost doesn't have any blood. Right? God doesn't have blood. His spirit. He's not flesh and body. His spirit. He doesn't have blood, but the, the, the blood of a woman was required. And that was why Mary was a significant part of the equation without Joseph. Because if Joseph had supplied that, that would make him subject to the Adamic nature. So the Holy Ghost supplied that. And then, of course, Jesus was born. And for 33 and a half years, he lived a life so that he could die. He lived a life so that he could die. He lived a life so that he could die. If you go through the Levitical order of priesthood, in Leviticus chapter 15, Leviticus chapter 16, you begin to realize that the word of God is the most amazing puzzle you've ever encountered. And begin to see how everything that was supposed to be an ordinance for the priests to go through, Jesus perfected everything. He did everything. In the flesh, he did everything. He followed the law to the letter. And they nailed it to the cross at the end of the day. And so what happens back then was that, of course, in the temple, there was the outer court, right? And then there was the holy place. And then there was the holiest of all. The holy of holies, right? So the outer court is where everybody comes to and all of that. And it's a bit dirty, messed up and all of that. But you see, the, the holy place was a lot more segmented and, you know, separated from the outer court. And only the priests were allowed to go into that space. If you're not a Levitical priest, you could not enter into the holy place. And that was where the brazen altar was. That was where they sacrificed. That's where they took all the goats and lambs and bullocks and ewes and turtle doves. That's where they took them to, to sacrifice them and take the blood into the holiest of all. And so, of course, the priests were allowed into the holy place. There was the brazen altar and all of that. But then there was somewhere called the holiest of all. The holiest of all was not open for all, all the priests, like the holy place. All right? It has another level of security. All right? The security protocol of the holy place or the holiest of all is a lot more detailed than that of the holy place. And the high priest only goes into that space once in a year. Once in a year. Right? It goes in there once in a year. And the protocol of going into that place is very, ah, it's very, very stringent. You don't just go in there once a year and say, okay, now it's time. It's that time of the year we're going to, to the holy place. No! You, you have to have some very uh, organized protocol around it. You have to wear, you know, effort of linen, breeches of linen. Everything around you must be linen. And then you get a young bullock. Ah, thank God we don't still do these things. This place would have been messed, <laughs> messed up. Everywhere blood. That's what people did back then. You see, if you had a big scene, you have to go and buy a big cow from the north and then bring to the enemy. It was messed up, smelly, it was... It was not the best of places. That is the temple. But the holiest of all was a lot more separated from the outer court and from the holy place. And so the, the high priest would take a young bullock and another goat. So one is a sin offering for himself. The other is a burnt offering for himself. He takes a young bullock and he kills it. And then he takes the blood. I hope you're following this. This is our heritage, right? This is what we have come into. Many of us just came into the answer. We don't understand the working. You just know the answer. What's the, what's the plus two? Four. <laughs> four. Four is four. No. Four is deeper than four. This is the back end of four. Right? I'm saved. Oh, I'm born again. Everybody, I'm born again. People just say it without understanding what it means. This is what it means. This is the back end. And so the high priest brings this young bullock. And it has to be perfect. It has to be spotless. It has to be without blemish. And he kills it. And he takes off that blood. And before he enters into the holiest of all, he has to burn some incense. And this incense has to create a smoke over the mercy seat. And then when he creates a smoke over the mercy seat, then God will appear there on top of the mercy seat. <clears throat> Woe betides him. If he doesn't do this thing properly, woe betides him. Woe betides him. If he perhaps didn't confess the last sin he committed while he was killing the bullock. Because you see, the blood of the bullock now, because the blood, the, <laughs> the bullock is righteous. Are you listening? 
the bullock is righteous. It has to be spotless. And that's why the, the, the requirement for the bullock is spotlessness, righteousness, without blemish and all of that. It gives all of those stringent conditions. And he says that this young bullock has to be this way. So that the righteousness of the bullock can be transferred to the person who is making the sacrifice. And then the sin of the man is transferred to him. That is why he has to die. Because now he's not carrying the sin of the priest. And so he has to die. Because the soul that sins must die. So it's a transfer and an exchange. So once the young bullock dies, the blood is shed, the high priest now takes that is remission for his own sins because he cannot even dare go make remission for the sins of the people without making remission for his own self first. And so he goes into the holiest of all and he sprinkles, praise God, he sprinkles the blood on the mercy seat because in the holiest of all, we had the Ark of Covenant. Inside the Ark of Covenant, we had the, the golden pot. The had manna inside. I like to eat of that sometime. Amen. Manna, all right? Manna is in there. And then we have the rod of Aaron that bought it. And then we have the golden censer. And then, of course, the Ark of Covenant is overlaid with gold because everything in the, in, the, in, the, in the Levitical order of priesthood had to be overlaid with gold because gold represented righteousness so that God doesn't see the wood, the humanity of that vessel. He sees the righteousness the same way Christ has become our righteousness. For he was made sin who knew no sin. That we might become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. So every time we come before God, he's not seeing the wood. He's seeing Jesus. He's seeing righteousness. And so everything in the vessel or rather in the temple is overlaid with gold. Right? And so what happens is, he now, and, and of course, <laughs> on top of the Ark of Covenant, we have the mercy seat. Whew, the mercy seat is there. And then over the mercy seat, we have the cherubims. Woo! Ah, I wish someone could just Google it and just put some pictures up there. We have the cherubim. So the cherubims, you see, because the temple was built in such a way that the sun rose against the windows of the holiest of all. So every time the sun rises, all right, the cherubims are the first thing that the sun comes in contact with. And because of the cherubims, they cast a shadow over the mercy seat. Because the cherubims are just like this, all right, in an angelic format. And then, of course, the mercy seat is under the cherubims and then the cherubims cast a shadow over the mercy seat and so the high priest sprinkles blood over the mercy seat and afterwards he goes uh, into the holy place and then he touches the horns of the altar because that's where the altar is and he touches the horns of the altar with with the blood so much sacrifices and then of course his leg has to be tied with chain in case he enters into the holiest of all and he does not come out alive because he can go and not come out alive and Bible says that God warned Moses and said, tell Aaron, he must not attend Julius of all without all of these sacraments, all of these ordinances perfected. If he does, he will die. I don't like him. I don't need him. It's not, it's not a personal thing. I don't, I don't have a... I, let's go there. You probably... You think I'm joking. That's, that's a funny thing. You think, people think I'm joking. Leviticus. Some of us have not read Leviticus for a long time. <laughs> Amen. So, praise God. So, see, see, what, <laughs> see what God told Moses in Leviticus chapter 16. Kindly extend that time. It's putting me under pressure. It's Leviticus chapter 16. Bible says from verse 2. And the, and the Lord said unto Moses, speak unto Aaron thy brother. <laughs> He's your brother. I don't have any relationship with him. Speak unto Aaron your brother. That he come not at all times into the only place. Within the veil. This is how God was saying it. Before the mercy seat. Which is upon the ark. That he die not. Because he will not die anyhow. He will not die. If he doesn't enter properly, he will die. For I will appear in the cloud upon the mercy seat. Because if he doesn't come properly, he will die. Aaron, the priest, the high priest, he will just die. Why? Because he didn't follow the protocol of the holiest of all. <laughs> Do you know what it means to enter the holiest of all? Once a year, you are the highest of the high priests. And you enter only once a year. And that once a year, you go through stringent conditions and requirements that you have to go through. And your life is not, even, is not guaranteed. You may go, may go out laying on the floor with a chain around your neck dead. That's how you may go out. So that is why there's a chain that has to be tied to his leg. Because he may just die and nobody can go and carry him. So they have to drag him out of the holiest of all. The Bible says God said he will appear on top of the mercy seat. Wow. That was a Levitical order. And so we see Jesus as well. Everything that I just explained, he did it. You see, when you think about this story of redemption, sometimes you just be crying. People will ask, why are you crying? 
Jesus loves me. Uh -uh. Is that what everybody says? Why can't I say Jesus loves you? Everybody knows Jesus loves them now. But see, Jesus loves me. I know he loves me. Uh, but these things you're going through, I can't, I can't be saying Jesus loves uh, But Jesus loves me. I've seen it in the pages of scripture. How he loves me. Do you know Caiaphas? How many of us know Caiaphas? Who knows Caiaphas here? Let's see if you're reading your Bible now. Caiaphas. Who is Caiaphas? Not Cephas, the spoken word <laughs> artist. Caiaphas was the last high priest of the Levitical order. He was the man that, that laid hands on Jesus and allowed him to go into the judgment hall. Right? So he was the last of his kind before Jesus, the high priest, after the order of Melchizedek. Caiaphas was the last guy. And so before I even go into all of that, there is another dimension I didn't tell you. So the high priest, after sacrificing the young bullock for himself, and then he now, he now burns the other goats, right? Which is burnt offering, the sin offering is burnt offering. He takes a bullock and another goat for himself. Then he takes two kids, two goats, for the sins of the people. And one goat for the burnt offering for the people. So the first goat for the people, he kills it and does the exact same procedure that he did with the young bullock. This sprinkling and all of that does the same thing. Then the second goat is called the scapegoat. So when you use the word scapegoat, be careful. Scapegoat is a very deep word, scripturally. So what does the scapegoat do? He, he lays his hands on the scapegoat. And he confesses all the sins of the people on the scapegoat. And the Bible says he gives the scapegoat to a fit man. And he told the John Dada, that James. The Bible says the man has to be fit. You can't just carry the scapegoat. Ah, you can't. And of course, you know, goats can be very stubborn. <laughs> and so the man has to be a fit man. And of course, those kind of sacrifices are the best. So they are the strongest of the goats. They are the most well-fed of the goats. They can be the most stubborn of the goats. And then you give it to the fit man. The man that has gymed. And he carries the goat, takes it to the wilderness and releases it. And the scapegoat, and it has to be outside of the camp. Oh, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Father. The Bible talks about how that Jesus suffered outside of the camp. Outside of the gates of Jerusalem. He had to go out. Couldn't suffer inside. Because he was the scapegoat. He was the burnt offering. He was the young bullock. He was the bullock that sacrificed itself for the high priest. The bullock that sacrificed himself for the people, the sins of the people. He was everything. He was everything. And with all those ceremonial conditions and all of that, the Bible says that none of these things could make perfect anybody. Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 4. The Bible says the blood of bulls, he said it is impossible for the blood of bulls and goats to make anybody clean. No, you can't be sanctified and perfected by the blood of bulls and goats. Why? Because you're not a bull, you're not a goat. Leviticus 17, 11 says the life of every animal is in its blood. And so the only grade of people or substances that it can sanctify, purify properly is the same grade of life that it possesses. So if it is not a goat that you want to sanctify, it can only sanctify it to a certain degree. It cannot do a proper job. And so, but that, that was only a shadow of things to come. Hebrews chapter 10, we can't go into so much detail, but there is so much to glean here. Hebrews chapter 10 says that everything that was written for, you know, in time past, in Levitical order and all of that, were a shadow of things to come. And so it took 4,000 years of that for Jesus to now come and perfect everything in three, three and a half years. Everything that the Levitical order of priesthood had been doing for the past 4,000 years, Jesus perfected it in 33 and a half years. Because his own blood is another grade. It's another grade of blood. He says the life of an animal is in its blood. Remember, once the sacrifice is made, the person who brought the sacrifice lives justified. So you can't go and tell the same person that you sinned. It's wrong. It can sue you. Because the person that sinned has been died, uh, has been killed. The person that sinned has been butchered, killed. But of course, next year I have to come back and do the same thing. Because it was impossible for the blood of bulls and goats to perfect anybody. So Hebrews chapter 10 from verse 11 says... Every priest stands daily ministering oftentimes the same sacrifices which can never take away sins. But the Bible says this man, this man is just different. The Bible says, but this man. The 
Bible says, but this man, after offering one sacrifice for sins, forever sat down to show that it is finished indeed. The quality of his blood. What 4,000 years could not achieve. One sacrifice for sins, forever. And then he sat down at the right hand of God. Bible says, expecting till his enemies, that you, the church, who now have everything put under your feet. Mm. Ephesians 1 tells us that. Everything is put under our feet as the church. So he says, expecting till his enemies be made his footstool, waiting on the church to take hold of the authority by the blood. Ex- because here he's seated, but he's expecting till his enemies be made his footstool. That is at the prerogative of the church. Expecting till all his enemies be made his footstool. For by one offering has he perfected forever them that are sanctified. By one, one sacrifice, one offering, he perfected forever. See the quality of Jesus' blood. Do you know what it means for God to become flesh and then he has the blood? And he poured that blood out for us all. Hebrews chapter 9, verse 13. Bible says, For if the blood of bulls and of goats and the ashes of an heifer, sprinkling the unclean, purifies or sanctifies to the purifying of the flesh, how much more? Shall the blood of Jesus Christ... Can someone go get on the keys for me, please? How much more shall the, the blood of Christ... Ah, ah, the blood of Christ, who through his eternal spirit, offered himself unto God without spot, purge your conscience from dead works, to serve the living God. To serve the living God by the blood. It's called the new and living way. The new and living way. So when God says he loves you, hey, it's deep, sir. His blood was involved. The blood of Jesus was involved. And he doesn't just say he loves you because he likes the sound of it. That is what it means to love, to die for that person. Romans chapter 5. If you read from verse chapter 4, the last verse in chapter 4, the Bible says, was delivered for offenses. And it was raised up again for our justification. Oh, glory to Jesus. Oh, glory to Jesus. So therefore, what happens? Romans chapter 5, let's go there. Romans chapter 5, from verse 1. <laughs> if you read chapter 4 from verse 25, he says, it was delivered for offenses, was raised up again for our justification. The next verse says, therefore, having been made justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. By whom also we have access, by faith, into this grace wherein we stand. And we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. And we don't just rejoice. We rejoice also in tribulations. For we know that these tribulations work at patience. And patience produces experience. And experience hope. And this hope makes not a shame. For the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost. For while we are here without strength. Christ in due time. In the fullness of time. He died for us. For scarcely for a righteous man. Some will attempt to die. And for a good man, people can even try and say, let's even try, let's try to die. But why were yet sinners? That is, he looked at us, he estimated us, and he says, the blood is worth it. You are worth what was exchanged on your behalf. So if I look at your suit, Pima, and I say, how much was it bought? I will begin to look at the suit in the same light of the amount that was exchanged for it. So when God looks at you, he's looking at you in the light of what was exchanged the blood how priceless is the blood how priceless is the blood how how priceless is the blood the blood of bulls and goats and the ashes of an heifer could not could not do a proper job but thank god for the blood and so if you go to the next verse the bible says that because of this we are justified by the blood and because of that we will be saved from the wrath to come much more than being now justified by his blood we shall be saved from the wrath through him. Do you know what that means? You see, this is the gospel. That everything that we, that we have gone through all our lives. Everything. Everything written in scripture about us. About Abraham. About it. It was. This, this, is, this is the crux of the gospel. That Jesus came and he shed his blood for you. He died. It's not a joking matter. He He died. He died. The cross had to happen just to communicate that he loves you. 
Because if I love you and I give you cars and money and all of those things and I don't save your soul from hell, how much of love is that? It's like feeding a chicken to kill it. What kind of love is that? It's a selfish one. So when God says he loves you, he's not trying to bless you with cars and money. He's trying to save you from eternal ruin. Because anything you can get without coming into Christ is not a benefit of Christ. <laughs> you didn't get that. Anything you can get without being a Christian is not a benefit of being a Christian. That's not one of the benefits. So a car is not one of the benefits of being a Christian. A good house is not one of the benefits of being a Christian. Do those things can come via the same means, but that's not one of the benefits. If you go to Psalm 103, Psalm 103, you will see the benefits. And nothing physical is there. Nothing. Nothing physical is there. He says all his benefits. David said, forget not all his benefits. And he didn't mention one thing that you can see. All his benefits. How can you say all his benefits? And you don't mention cars and good house and all of that. That is not how God communicates his benefits. It's in the blood. It's written in red. In red. And this blood speaks. This blood has a personality. This blood speaks. This blood speaks. The blood of bulls and goats and the ashes of an heifer. They sprinkle the unclean to the purifying of their flesh. How much more shall the blood of Christ. Oh boy. That he offered up through the help of his eternal spirit. Without spot unto God purge you from every dead works to serve the living God. Because the challenge was this. Because of the inferior quality of the blood that was being used, they could not be sanctified and so they had to be coming every time. It's like using the engine oil of, of a, and I better pass my neighbor gen, to, to, to service a mechano gen. A big massive gen like that like, like ours. It, it cannot last. It will break down at some point. It's an inferior grade. It's an, or using granite oil to service generator, it, it will knock because it's an inferior one. It's inferior. But the blood of Jesus, that was what was exchanged for you. Ephesians chapter 2, Ephesians chapter 2, from verse 13 or 14, thereabout, Bible says, And at the time that you were without Christ, what, what, what happened to you? He says, You were aliens from the commonwealth of Israel. Aliens. God could not relate with you, God could not come near you. You were aliens. There was a middle wall of partition separating you from God. You were called aliens. You were not consistent with the code of heaven. God could not relate with your kind. You were of another kind. You were of another dynasty, another kingdom. You were from somewhere else, another planet. He called you an alien. Do you understand what that means? He says you were an alien to the commonwealth of Israel. You were strangers to the covenant of promise. You were without hope. No matter how rich, no matter how fine, no matter how beautiful. He says you were without hope. And without God in this world. But Bible says that now that you are in Christ Jesus. You who were sometimes far off. You have been brought near. How? By the blood. The blood is a unifying factor. The blood is a, is a reconciliatory factor. The blood is a peacemaker. The blood is a peacemaker. The Bible now says the next verse. He is our peace. He is our peace. He is our peace. Who has made both two different entities. He has made them one. He made them one. Two different entities. He says he has made both one. For he has what? Broken down the middle wall of partition. Broke it down forever. Colossians chapter 2 verse 14. He says blotting out every handwriting of ordinance. That was written against us. Contrary to you. He took it out of the way. Nailed it to the cross. Bible now says, having spoiled principalities and powers, he made an open show of them, triumphing over them in hell. Let me show you something important. Remember Jesus also wore linen when he was about to die. Remember John chapter 20. Bible says, when they came to the sepulcher, where he was laid, they found the napkin that wrapped his head and the linen was there he was the high priest he was performing his high priest duties the final and last one that anybody would ever have to perform he performed it that day and he wore of course he left his linen there packed it neatly can you imagine he, he, he was he raised from the dead and he had some detail in himself to just wrap his napkin he didn't just rise from the dead and he was just going no 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 he came back yeah this thing should not be like this. So for some of you that leave your beds on, on laid. So he came back and then he wrapped his napkin. And then, you know, put the linen in, in proper context. Amen. And Bible says that I was about to leave. 
Mary saw him. I said, my Lord. You know. She said, no, eh. Ah, 4,000 years. Ah. 4,000 years. Put it in context. 4,000 years of rituals was about to be finalized. And she wanted to spoil it. Said, no, don't touch me. Why, why did he say don't touch me? Because every high priest cannot enter into the holiest of all with anything called defilement. Now, I don't know why Mary was told not to touch him directly, but perhaps if he had touched him, he would have defiled him. Yes. He was still going to come back and minister to them, but that was not the time for touching and friendliness. He says, I'll come back. He said, I'll come back. And Bible says, I'm going to my father and your father because of the blood. For the first time, we had the privilege to say, God, you're my father, you're my daddy God now. For God has not given us a spirit of bondage again to fear, but God has given us a spirit of adoption wherever we cry. Abba, Father, because of the blood. So what did he go to do? He went into the original tabernacle. Woo! There is an original tabernacle. Everything you saw in the Levitical priesthood was a shadow. It was an image of something real. There is an original tabernacle in heaven. There is an original tabernacle. So he carried his blood as a high priest. And he entered the original tabernacle in heaven. And he went to the mercy seat. And he poured everything on the mercy seat. That is why we read in Hebrews chapter 12. The earlier verse. That you see there is a blood of sprinkling. Speaking in Mount Zion. The original tabernacle. He poured his blood there. When he came back to the earth for 40 days. To talk talk to his disciples. He had no blood in him anymore. Do you know? Luke chapter 24. Let's go there. Luke 24. Ay, 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 ay. Luke 24. Woo! So, Thomas doubted and he reappeared after two weeks just to prove to him that, hey guy, I sure now, I'm in sure pass. I said I was going to come back and I'm here. And he said, behold my hands and feet, that it is I myself. Handle me and see, for a spirit hath not flesh and bones. Because you see, he didn't have blood anymore. He had exhausted every ounce of it on the mercy seat in the original tabernacle in heaven. Before he spoke to Mary, he said, don't touch me. Because the blood was still in him. That blood must not be defiled. Because the blood justifies those that will believe on him. So it must not be defiled. But now he says, handle me, touch me. Because the blood is gone. The blood is still in heaven. The blood in heaven is still speaking to you forever. Jesus doesn't necessarily intercede with his mouth anymore. It is the blood. It is the blood. So when you say Jesus intercedes, he's not with his mouth, he's saying it. Hey, bless Michael. Bless it, Oro. No! The blood speaks! It's a speaking blood. It's called a witness. What is the use of a witness without speech? If you're a lawyer here, you know that a dumb witness is no witness. It's no witness. You're a witness who cannot speak. What witnessing are you witnessing? There is, the blood speaks. The blood speaks. Because there are three that bear witness in heaven. The Father, the Son, and the Spirit. And there are three that bear record on earth. The blood, water, and the, and the, is it the Spirit now? And the Spirit, yes. Praise the name of the Lord. They are witnesses. The blood is a witness. So the blood speaks. And this is why you must continue to confess what the blood has come to do for you. What has the blood come to do for you? Hebrews chapter 2. Verse 14. Bible says, For as much as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, Bible says, He himself had to take part of the same, so that through death he can destroy him that had the power of death, that is the devil, so that he can deliver them who all through their lives were subject to the to bondage through the fear of death. So the blood came to deliver you from fear. You're no longer afraid of death. No longer afraid of death. He has not given you the spirit of bondage again to fear. He has not given you the spirit of fear, but that of adoption. 1 Timothy 1.7 For God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and of a sound mind. Hebrews chapter 4. I believe from verse 13. The Bible says, Seeing that we have a great high priest who has passed into heaven, Jesus Christ, the Son of God. He said, Let us hold fast the profession of our confession. Let us hold fast our profession. For we do not have a high priest who cannot be taught by the feelings of infirmity but he was never point tempted as we are but yet without sin let us therefore come boldly that is one thing that the blood does he gives you boldness 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 
two people. Can I can I get two people right now? Ah, praise God. Help me. Pastors. Ah. Who am I? <laughs> okay, Pastor Peace, this way. Praise God. Pastor Tim. The blood speaks. The enemy speaks. I'm sorry, sir. So, this is the enemy. And what he uses to speak to you is your experience. Your past. What you have done. Because actions are witnesses too. So, he will bring it to your remembrance. What you have done in the past. The mess-ups, the sins, and all the atrocities you've committed. He will bring it to your remembrance. The blood also speaks. Mercy, grace, forgiveness, love. He speaks. The one that has effect in your life is the one you agree with. If Nobert, if Nobert chooses to agree with the experiences that the enemy is bringing to him, he wins. The enemy wins. He's now 2-1. If he agrees with what the word says or what the blood says, he wins. 2-1. In favor of the blood. And that's why every time the blood is talked about, there is always something about holding fast the profession. Because the blood is speaking. You say everything the blood is saying. Just say it. Everything the blood has said, say it again. You hold fast the profession of your faith. Because you have a high priest who has passed into heaven to offer his blood. And that blood speaks, intercedes for you. So what you do is you take everything the blood is saying and keep saying it. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I'm blessed, delivered, set free. Praise the name of the Lord. But if you, if you now go and say, oh, but, but I have done, but I have done. Uh, the blood, those speaks, doesn't have an effect. The blood speaks, so we overcame. Revelations 12, 11. And by, you overcome by the blood. And by your confession mixed with it. You mix your confessions with it. Hebrews chapter 10. Thank you, sirs. Let's celebrate our pastors. <laughs> Hebrews 10. Verse 19. As we wrap up. Please forgive me. Wow. Hebrews 9.22 says, And almost all things are by the Lord purged with blood, and without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. It's the ordinance of God, and that's why the blood has to be involved in everything. Chapter 10, verse 19 says, from verse 18, it says, Now where remission of this is, there is no more offering for sin. Because he has made one sacrifice for sin forever. So verse 19 now says, Having therefore, brethren, boldness to enter into the holiest. Who born you? How can you enter into the holiest? How can you come into the presence of God? Even the high priest went into the place once a year with stringent conditions. How can you just say, Oh! I come into your presence. Who are you? Because of the blood. You can come into his presence anytime, every time, all, all the time. Having therefore, brethren, boldness to enter into the holiest. He didn't just say the temple. Holiest. By the blood. The blood of Jesus. Bible says, for he hath consecrated for us. Hey. I like that. He says, by a new and living way, he hath consecrated for us through the veil that is to say his flesh. So every time God says, I love you, he's saying, I died for you. I shed my blood for you. You can now come into the holiest by the blood of Jesus and by the word of your testimony. You don't have to be afraid of anything anymore because I've delivered from the fear of death. I've died and so I've destroyed him that had the power of death. That is the devil. You have no reason under heaven to still be afraid of anything in life and in the life afterwards. Because you have been saved from the wrath to come because of the blood. The quality of the blood behooved on him that only once can he be sacrificed he can be sacrificed more than once only once only once can we rise up to our feet this morning and just thank him for the sacrifice let's thank him for the sacrifice you perhaps don't understand Thank him for the sacrifice. Thank him for the sacrifice. 
Thank you for the sacrifice. At the exit of the children of Israel from Egypt, the blood was involved. At your entrance into this kingdom called the kingdom of heaven, the blood was involved. The maintenance of your salvation on earth, the blood is involved. And forever, the blood will keep speaking. The blood will continue to speak. You have to agree with it. You have to hold fast your profession. You have to hold fast. Oh, I'm delivered. I'm justified by the blood. I'm justified by the blood. I'm justified by the blood. Thank you, Jesus. We give you praise and glory. Thank you for the blood. Thank you for the blood. So Moses instructed them and said, Kill a lamb. Get the blood. On your lintel, on the two side post, plash tight like this. Pa. And from the top, put another blood there. So that when the angel of death comes, he sees the cross sign. And it passes over. Because the blood speaks. Speaks deliverance, healing, redemption, wholeness. All the benefits are inside the blood. This is why we take communion. To remember him. To get into our consciousness. That it's all about the blood. It's all about the blood. Thank you Jesus. We cannot exhaust this teaching. But I hope you got something this morning. Can you celebrate Jesus for his sacrifice? Oh, thank you, Jesus, for your sacrifice, for your sacrifice. So the next time a guy tells you, I love you, ask him, how many times have you died? That should be your question. <laughs> because that's, that's, that's the requirement. You can't say you love if you've not died. That's how God loved. He died. It's not that easy. It's not easy to die. It's not easy to die. I hope you know that. Bible says that it was through his eternal spirit that he could die. Jesus could not die. He needed the Holy Ghost to die. He needed the power of the Holy Ghost. How can God die? He, he couldn't die. The Holy Ghost had to empower him to die. It's not easy to die. <laughs> Father, we thank you. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for fellowship. Thank you for the blood. Because we now have access into the holiest of all. So when you go to heaven, when you get to heaven, go and look for all the high priests in time. All the high priests before you. <laughs> Praise God. He said, you, you, you could only enter once. I enter every day. By the blood of Jesus. Woo! Praise God. Thank you, Father. And so next week, we're going to be talking about something really interesting. For more online messages, check us out at www.soundcloud.com forward slash TBC Mainland.